0: when the office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: Today, we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 4, The Fire. In this episode, Michael develops a new relationship, Dwight gets jealous, and the building is evacuated. So with this episode, we do get a cold open, and it is one of the few that actually pertains to the rest of the episode as a whole. There isn't really a joke in it or anything. Mm -hmm. It just kind of sets up something that will come up later in the episode.
1: And the cold open that we see is relating to Jim and Katie's relationship. Katie being the character played by Amy Adams that sold purses at the end of season one. So it's really interesting to me that this is the first mention that we're getting of Katie in season two. And that's why I said in an earlier episode that I think that the order in which the episodes aired was maybe different than what they had originally planned. Because it does seem odd that There's this sort of break in time before she's reintroduced as dating Jim.
0: Right. And I'm curious if this episode was even filmed before all the episodes that we have already Mm -hmm. seen. Like before the
1: Dundies aired or something.
0: Because, like, as we mentioned before, Michael's hair is much fuller in this in this season. And in this episode, it's not quite as bad as it was in season one, but it's still a little thin kind of there in the
1: front. Sure. So maybe they just got Amy Adams for sort of a limited um, space of time for filming, but they chose to air the episodes in a certain order. So that seems a little off to me as far as like story continuity. But in the cold open, we see that, Pam gets a call, and it's for Jim, and she asks, you know, who's calling? And you can sort of see that she's annoyed, and so she puts the call through the, to Jim, and Jim answers, and he's all excited and, you know, happy, and it turns out it's Katie and they're scheduling lunch, and Pam kind of says to Jim, once he gets off the phone, like, you can just give her your extension. Right. So Pam's clearly struggling.
0: We see... We see a lot of catty Pam yes. in this episode. Yeah. Um, and that will really come up later.
1: Yeah. it's She's having to confront her feelings about Jim um, that you wouldn't normally have to confront, I guess, unless you're threatened. And Katie is a threat to her.
0: Right. So the actual episode begins with Ryan in Michael's office for his evaluation for the temp agency that he works for.
1: Yeah, this episode really centers around Michael's fascination and obsession with Ryan, and we got a touch of that at the Dundies, based on the award that Michael gave out to Ryan uh, for Hottest in the Office. But this episode really ratchets it up as far as you know, what Michael wants from Ryan. And he thinks they're going to be buds. But there's also this weird like crush thing happening. Yeah. Where Michael wants to be Ryan a little bit. And Ryan is just so indifferent to the relationship and attention from Michael. And Michael's affinity for Ryan is causing extreme jealousy from Dwight.
0: Correct. So Dwight, during this evaluation, makes the comment that Michael's evaluating the temp. He hasn't evaluated me in years. And it's kind of like this, like a, it's almost a sexual reference where it's just like, he hasn't even touched me in so long. Yeah. So um, you can definitely see the jealousy building in Dwight.
1: Yes. And... It it the Dwight Michael relationship also evolves over the seasons, I would say. In the early seasons, Dwight is so enamored by Michael and only wants his approval and wants, you know, them to be buds. And so Dwight is sort of on the outside looking in with with Michael's one way obsession with Ryan. And Ryan does tell Michael that he aspires to go into business and own his own business one day. And this leads Michael to sort of prove how smart and how great his business acumen is. Mm -hmm. With Michael going so far as to say that he has 10 rules of business so that Ryan can just go to the Michael Scott School of Business and he doesn't need anything else besides that.
0: Right. And later in the episode, after... Ryan reveals that he just got accepted into business school. Michael really tries to kind of prove his own business acumen and just asks Ryan to quiz him on business stuff, essentially. And this goes terribly. And that really kind of shows that Michael really could only be successful in the Role he is currently in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Michael could not be the like boss at a major corporation yeah, or like something a, like that,
1: like a C-suite sort of figure. Right. Yeah.
0: He could. He literally could only be successful in a sales type environment where y- how successful you are isn't really based off of. Any kind of knowledge that you have, it's really just how well you interact with people, how well you can read people, and how well you can close a sale, essentially. And so Michael is in the position that he is in because he was a very good salesman. Mm -hmm. And so he just got the promotion to be the manager of that branch.
1: Yeah, but he's not going to... He could not really elevate... To the level of even Jan, which requires a little bit more strategic thinking about long-term business plans and direction of a company and things like that, I would say.
0: Right. And and honestly, it's kind of a shock that Michael was is as successful as he is, even in the sales realm, because he's not that great with people. He's not very he's personable. He's very awkward. Mm-hmm. Now, we will see... Some things later on where Michael gets to flex his sales muscles. Yeah,
1: he really is able to like turn it around.
0: And sometimes it's just, it almost seems like it's on accident. Mm-hmm. But um, Michael just is not the brightest person overall. So th- there are times when you are going through the show and just like, how is Michael? As successful as he is, because he is real, real dumb.
1: Mm-hmm. He, yeah, not not very sharp, not very analytical. I guess. Suddenly, kind of without warning, the fire alarm goes off in the office, and people are sort of lackadaisical in uh, evacuating the building. Everyone except Michael, who pushes past. People sort of filing out and sprints out of the building. So while they're waiting outside, waiting for the fire department to come and waiting for the all clear to go back into the building, Jim decides to start some icebreaker games.
0: Sure. Uh, why, I guess, is my question. <laughs> like, people can't just sit. Kind of hang like, out. just hang out. and Talk to
1: whoever they want to talk to. Right. Yes, so then the rest of the episode really flips back and forth between Michael Ryan Dwight and kind of what's happening with Michael's just weird honing in on only Ryan and then Jim's games with everyone else um, in the upstairs office. And the games that they play are Desert Island, Who would you do and would you rather? Although we don't ever see would you rather.
0: Right. So Jim's initial pitch for Desert Island is what three books would you bring with you if you were stranded on a desert island? The responses that he gets aren't all that amazing. Yeah. So he makes a comment that I figured more people read. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So they switched to movies. So
0: switched to D- what five DVDs would you bring <laughs> on a desert island. And first up is Meredith. And she has five just very general kind of chick flick type yeah, movies. Yeah, like
1: rom-com sort of picks.
0: To which Jim and Pam in an aside with the camera kind of pick apart. And Jim's just like very... These are the five movies that you're going to watch forever. Like, not just Guilty Pleasure and just put them on to pass the time. Like, these are movies that you should really get into.
1: Because of the list that Meredith said to the group, Pam says in the interstitial with Jim, well, you know, Legally Blonde, that's a pretty good movie. And Jim's like, no, this is not Guilty Pleasure movie. This is... You have five movies for the rest of your life that you can watch. That's the game. And that, Legally Blonde, becomes important later in the episode. Yes. The answers for Who Would You Do are just horrifying in the sense that this is taking place in an office setting, and everyone present is on the table, and that's who they choose.
0: And it's exclusively, it ends up being exclusively people who are present. Yeah. And it's just a very awkward game to play with people that, that oh, I'm going to see you work tomorrow.
1: With. Yeah. Because initially, before kind of Jim even finishes explaining the rules, not that there's a lot of rules by any means. Yeah. Everyone's like, Pam, 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 Pam. And it's funny that Oscar uh, chimes in on that. Right. Um, because Oscar's character goes through a development. I think that some of the minor characters uh, in the office didn't have a lot of character development, especially like early on. And this is one example of that because it turns out that Oscar is gay. Yeah. So the other picks for Who Would You Do, Roy comes over from the warehouse group and, you know, just asks if he can hang out with the upstairs workers for a bit. So he immediately joins the game, and he picks Angela, much to Pam's chagrin. She is kind of looking like, oh, well, obviously Roy is definitely going to say me. And
0: she's, like, beaming about it. Yeah.
1: And then he picks the uh, stuck-up Christian chick, (laughs)
0: who was right there
1: who was right there and that is also sort of a weird flirtation between the two of them because Angela in later episodes will talk about how Roy is so strapping and and only have kind of good things to say about Roy yeah jim ends up picking Kevin because it would be awkward to pick Pam
0: yeah And just and in typical Jim fashion, just doing it for the laugh.
1: Yeah, very much a joke.
0: And so Michael is up next and he says, Ryan, trying to play off of Jim's joke, but then he kind of, it's almost like he's serious about Uh it. And because his reasoning is because Ryan's going to own a business one day. And so it is just a, it's a joke that falls flat and really keeps building on not just this episode's central theme of Michael's obsession with Ryan, but the entire run of shows theme of Michael's obsession with Ryan.
1: Yeah, it's just a cringy, it's a cringy moment, uh, for sure. Um, Kelly, Phyllis, and Meredith pick Jim, and they do so in a smaller circle. That's just the three of them plus Pam. And then Pam's like, oh, kind of put on the spot. And she's like, Oscar's kind of cute, or Toby. And Toby-Pam is another sort of flirtation through line a little bit. One-sided, really. One-sided. Pam has little comments here and there, like when Toby- Is seemingly like leaving at the end of season four. She's like, Oh, I always thought Toby was kind of cute. Like that's all that there is for Pam, whereas Toby definitely has a crush on Pam. Yeah.
0: If only Toby would have heard that. Yeah. He would have have made a day. Yes. While all this is going on, Dwight is trying his hardest to keep in the good graces of Michael.
1: He's trying so hard to, you know, be a third member. He wants them to be the three musketeers. Again, Ryan has zero interest in doing that. And Dwight just wants a connection to Michael. Right. Michael ends up insulting Dwight by saying that Ryan will know more about business than Dwight ever will. And this leads Dwight to sort of storm off, go to his car
0: he really just starts brooding at this point. Like he, there's a scene where everyone is, you know, standing around, they're playing desert Island at this point still. And Dwight is in the background doing like karate kicks (laughs) on a sign that's bolted to the office. Yeah. The
1: handicap accessible sign, I think.
0: And so Jim tries to include Dwight in the game And Dwight just kind of sulks off away from the people, but not before answering the crow to what movie he would want to watch (laughs) uh, on Desert Island. And then later he is in his car and he starts blasting Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. (laughs) And Jim and Pam take this cue to go over and kind of talk to Dwight. They are kind of being served as softball here. Yeah. They see Dwight in a very vulnerable position. And like good co-workers, they go over to kind of make the most of this and (laughs) and make fun of him.
1: Yes. Like, you know, you should just tell Ryan that you're a volunteer sheriff. That'll show him. Or you should quit. (laughs) That'll really stick it to him. So kind of things like that. And you see in the scene that. It seems like John Krasinski is breaking a little bit, but it works here because they're also sort of playing a prank. Yeah. Um, so it's an okay time to sort of lose it.
0: Yeah. And so as Jim and Pam walk away, they celebrate something. Yeah, uh, This the absurdity, this is, I guess. This is one of their weaker pranks, I yeah. would say. And so, like, they really act like, oh, we really got them there, and... and they didn't really do anything. Yes. So everyone returns to the circle. And right after Michael states his desire to have sex with Ryan, Ryan gets a phone call, Who and he is more than happy to take it. <laughs> and Michael makes some offhand comment, like, oh, I wish I had my cell phone on me, but I left it inside. In a just a weird way to be like, man... I want to be more like Ryan, and in this case, that means talking on my cell phone currently. And so Dwight jumps at this opportunity. He's like, would that make you happy? Would would having your cell phone make you happy? And Michael's like, yeah, I guess. And so Dwight runs into the, quote, burning building.
1: Yeah, nothing's really on fire.
0: Which kind of makes me wonder, what are the firefighters doing? Like, how... (laughs) This... Everyone is just standing around for seemingly
1: kind of a long time. Quite a while,
0: probably like in real time, like an hour or two. Yeah. And it was just a fire that was not even a fire, probably. It was just some smoke from the microwave. Yeah. Like, what is taking them so long to clear the building <laughs> she, and get out of yeah, there? Yeah,
1: given all clear. Right.
0: So when Dwight returns from trying to find Michael's cell phone, which Michael had the entire time, we learn. Dwight returns with, not Michael's cell phone, but the cause of the fire, which was a cheese pita that Ryan was trying to make in the microwave.
1: In the toaster oven. Right. Yes. (laughs) And Dwight is so triumphant when he realizes that Ryan started the fire. Yeah. And he starts singing... It's a Billy Joel song. We, we
0: Didn't Start the Fire. We
1: Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah. So he starts singing that, but instead he's singing Ryan Started the Fire. Yeah. Um, and then Michael gets in on that and really joins in the joke, much to Dwight's delight. And Ryan is just horrified because now he has a nickname and a thing. Yeah. Now he's the fire guy.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of amazing to see how quickly Michael turns on Ryan. Yeah. Because this entire episode has been spent seeing Michael really kind of trying to emulate Ryan because of his business acumen. And then, right when Ryan does something kind of just clueless and absent minded, all of a sudden, Michael is back in the power position, and uh, I didn't need him anyway, really. And it's just kind of a weird, man, he might go to business school, but boy, is he dumb. Yeah,
1: he doesn't have any any ability beyond book smarts. Right. And then to end the episode, Katie finally arrives, and she tells Jim she's been thinking all the way there. She has our answers for Desert Island. So Jim's like, okay, come to the circle. Come on. First answer, legally blonde. And Pam just loses it. Yeah. Just starts laughing hysterically. And Jim knows exactly why. Yeah. (laughs) And Jim gets Katie out of there.
0: And as they are leaving, Pam gives her thoughts as to what kind of couple Jim and Katie are.
1: I forgot what a super nice girl Katie is. Just good for Jim. They are so cute together. And um,
0: what an adorable car. And you can just hear the sarcasm dripping off of this statement. Yes, just very petty and really, in my mind, uncalled for.
1: Yeah. Get over it. And the, the way she kisses Roy when she knows Jim is looking also feels very underhanded and very petty as well. Um, And that, yeah, like, that just seems really mean.
0: Yeah, for someone who is not willing or ready to address her feelings for Jim, she certainly does not want to see him happy with someone else. Yeah.
1: Like we've said before, she wants to have Jim for herself, and sort of keep them at arm's length without really recognizing what she's using him for. Um, and that's really not fair to Jim. For sure. Curtis, this is kind of a weird episode. It's not really, honestly, the most exciting episode of The Office. No. Um, sort of just something to get through.
0: Yeah, like when we got done with that, I was like, yeah, that's boring. That was yeah, a boring episode. not
1: the greatest episode, I would say. Did you have anyone get fired?
0: No, no one... Really?
1: Yeah, I didn't either. Fired. Like there's some awkward moments, but Yeah,
0: I don't know why anyone would think it was a good idea to play <laughs> who would you do yes. with people that you work with, but
1: and a lot and not having it be like a celebrity thing or something. right? Yes.
0: So with no firings, do you have any Dundees to give out?
1: I do. Uh the Dundee Award for Best Low Key Flirting goes to both Meredith and Kelly. And I appreciated that the fact that they were both in the background of several scenes flirting with the firemen because that is a really good setup for who those characters will become.
0: I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yes, that is a good point. In
1: in sort of the later episodes and as they just get more character development. So I don't know if that was an intentional plant, but it's just it's a funny look back. Right. What about you?
0: I am going to give the Dundee for best instance of just going with it to Oscar for saying very quickly, Pam, when asked, who would you do? Yeah. Because as we alluded to earlier, Oscar is gay, so just a cover. Right. This is essentially just a cover for him.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point.
0: Who is your employee of the month?
1: I picked White. He had, I guess, quite an arc, you could say, on this episode, um, just to being very down and wanting Michael's sort of attention and approval, and then in trying to get that, he found the source of the fire, actually seemingly quicker than the firefighters did. Right. (laughs) What about you? Who's your employee of the month? Uh,
0: My employee of the month is Ryan. (laughs) If only because he provided the catalyst for this episode and starting the fire. Right. <laughs> so uh, without that, who knows what this would have become. Yeah,
1: where this would have been. Yeah, so not, not uh, the greatest episode um, in the string of what we've seen. But I really think we're sort of hitting the stride of season two.
0: Yes. Um, in
1: the upcoming episodes.
0: For sure. The next episode, we get our first of many Halloween episodes.
1: Yes, so some nice holiday themes.
0: Right. So be sure to join us for that. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod. And to follow us on your favorite podcasting medium. So we will see you guys next time for the Halloween episode. Bye. See ya.